I'm Jonathan. I'm Elizabeth. And this is The Heretic and the Unbeliever. A weekly conversation about the scripture and the discussion questions from Sunday. Thank you for listening. Let's get started. Okay, let's get started. So our structure each week is going to be, we're going to start with a summary of the scripture from last week if you weren't able to... um, to see the readings or if you weren't at service last week and we'll each provide a summary for just a different perspective in 10 seconds or less i'm going to be timing us and once we do that we're each going to talk about one thing that stood out or two (laughs) um and one thing that stood out from the readings and we might cover both of them all of our thoughts might be on one reading it's going to be totally random and chaotic and um it'll be beautiful from there we'll spend the majority of our time talking about the questions so again those questions are in the 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 what's it called bulletin bulletin thank you um from the church website so if you haven't already downloaded that um you can check it out if you're like driving and listening to this don't do it while you're driving um but You know, the questions, the readings, they're all there. We're going to tell you them here, so don't worry. And then we're going to end each week with a challenge. It'll be like a formation-related challenge inspired by the scriptures. And we're going to use it to sort of connect our conversations week after week. And each challenge each week, we will also be participating in doing it and giving an update. So it's really challenging us. Right. It's completely self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, Elizabeth, are you ready for your 10-second summary? I'm ready. Okay, you're going to do both readings in 10 seconds. Okay, so start with the book of Jonah. Ready, set, go. Jonah goes to Nineveh. He brings the good news. The city changes. God is happy. Jesus sees Simon and Andrew... James and John, all related to fish. He tells them the good news. They go with him. God is happy. 14 seconds. Not bad. Not Not bad. bad. Okay, my turn. Jonah gets ordered by God to go to Nineveh. He spends a day there. Everyone repents. God changes his mind. He's happy. Flash forward a few hundred thousand years. I don't know. Um, Jesus, Galilee, fishers of men, done. I think that was like 22 seconds. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I'll do better at that next time. I promise. So Elizabeth, what's one thing that stood out to you from these readings? So I have two, obviously, since I have trouble following the rules sometimes. Um, what I love about you. My, my first one is that the good news that Jesus brings and the good news that Jonah brings stops everyone in their tracks, right? It doesn't, Mm. It doesn't take much. That's how powerful the good news of, of God's love and of God's message is. It doesn't take much to really turn and and to be a fo- to become a follower. Um, my other sort of piece that I struggle, the strife that I have is with Jonah. Like I just don't love when God threatens to be mean, and I never know what to do with it. I, I don't think you're alone in that feeling. Like, I, yeah. Um, maybe that'll come up more later. I'm sure it'll come up more in 
our future conversations. Yeah. So what what about you? What are your takeaways? So my my one thing came from Jonah, and the the quote that I have written down is is the phrase. It's when God's telling Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he says, Nineveh, that great city. And it just kind of hit me, um, right? We are we are city dwellers, and we like love being in the city. We love being in Baltimore, and like we like think city living is great and cities are great and like to think right like I feel like the portrayal right is that Nineveh is this horrible place right that they need to repent and like turn their lives around but like maybe Nineveh was like I don't know like New York City on a Friday night or something like it like maybe in in a lot of ways it seemed like a wonderful place and like mm. seemed like a place that maybe a lot of us or I'll just speak for myself that maybe like I would have really like enjoyed being in so did god call it a great city yeah so i think that's i interpret that very different than you which i think is interesting where i view it as god already knows that this city it doesn't matter what's happening in this city or how ugly or how terrible the the sins might be of the people in this city he sees the potential and like loves it no matter what Mm. so would he describe it any other way than great i mean i think it sounds like like you're already hearing in that the thing that like sort of stop me in my tracks like this sense that like i think i was making the assumption having heard the story in the past that like oh like nineveh is this like terrible place Mm -hmm. but actually like god is doing what he's doing because he loves the people and he loves the place and like they need to do something different but that doesn't mean god loves them any less any less yeah Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just, I think for me, it was a way of like, of like challenging my own assumptions, right? I often in like arrogance think like, oh, well, the things I like are good. And like, God must also like the things that I like, but like, maybe I was, maybe I am like a Ninevite, you know? Um. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's food for thought, food for thought. Mm-hmm. So, should we switch to the questions? Yeah, take us to the questions. Because I yeah. think that's actually connected. Your thoughts are co- very much connected to, to the questions. Okay, okay. Um, so, the first question is, what do you hope for as a follower of Christ? I can answer this in five seconds. Okay. I'm timing you. Okay. To give and receive radical love. Ooh. Done. Boom. There it is. Can you say more, though? Like, why did you add the radical in there? Um, great question. I think for me, that is a word that uh, really resonates for what I believe about God's love. I think each of us probably has a way that we describe maybe unconditional, maybe everlasting, maybe always, whatever. But for me, radical love 
reminds me that God and that God offered Jesus in this in this radical way to the world, right? That it didn't matter what was happening, it didn't matter who I am or what someone else was that like Jesus was going to love me and God was going to love me no matter what. Hmm. If if I may, the what I'm what I'm hearing in that response about social you, work husband <laughs> about what I what I'm hearing in your response about just like how what radical love is like it it sort of like has this almost like disregard for like what's going on around it like it just is like it's radical and it like it shows up when it needs to show up like no questions asked um mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about uh earlier like when when Jonah shows up to Nineveh, when Jesus shows up in Galilee and is like, stop what you're doing. And everyone's like, okay. Like they just stop. And like, I think if we sort of stop ourselves and think about like, think about the fishermen, Simon, Andrew, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, like, like it doesn't tell us like what they were doing while they were fishing. Like it doesn't tell us if like that was a terrible day and they had been out there for six hours and not having caught anything or were they like halfway through pulling in the big hall i'm sure like whatever situation they were in it may not have necessarily been easy for them to like stop what they were doing and follow jesus yeah that's interesting that you sort of comment on that because I think it's easy to imagine what radical love... It's easy to say the words, right? It's easy to say that it's unconditional and we theoretically understand what that means. It's much more inconvenient to like, both receive that and to, and to give that, right? To have someone love us radically, like requires us to be to demonstrate a level of vulnerability um that it doesn't come with doesn't come easily doesn't come conveniently and brings a lot of uh stuff with it right well that um oh i forget the exact phrase you use but it's what you were talking about like jim talked about on sunday in his message that like we like the disciples didn't know how it was all gonna end when they left their nets and followed jesus and like when we are in a moment of vulnerability true vulnerability receiving or trying to give radical love like it's when we we don't know how it's gonna end Mm -hmm. like that's how we know that we've sort of like crossed over into this truly like radical thing is like we right. don't know if the if we're going to be rejected, if like we're going to sort of fall flat on our face and end up feeling like embarrassed and stupid. Like I know I've certainly felt a lot um in like trying to walk, you know, God's path mm-hmm. and like it's like really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Yeah. So right it's it's ironic that I can uh, tell me if that's the correct use. Uh, 
that I can answer it really English quickly. English major, spouse. <laughs> uh, if that I can answer it really quickly, yet what that looks like is so much bigger, right? And like how we see that. And that's maybe what this root question is really getting at is what are like some specifics that we hope for the world when we when we think of God's love? Yeah. I mean, that specifics, that, that kind of actually gets into my answer mm. a little bit. Um, because I, I consider this really personally. Um, and like, like, what do I specifically hope for? Like, what, what do I want to get out of this? Um, and for me, like, I think my answer to that question has been different over the years. But my answer to that now is like a deep sense of, of peace. And I think, like, in the past for me, like, peace has been this kind of, like, meaningless word. Um, like, it, it means, like, an absence of things, right? Like, peace is, you know, where, like, you're not fighting or you're not suffering. But, like, in recent years, I've come to learn that, like, the peace of God is this, like, it's this like living breathing like a deeply profound thing that like the peace of god allows you to move through the world and experience like its vulnerabilities and its difficulties and its pains and its struggles and still feel like wrapped in love and still feel like like whole and like you know like you are someone who has like worth and value and like that's something that I struggle with a lot, and and when I'm when I'm not struggling with it is when I am, you know, specifically engaged in like spiritual practice or meditation or in like moment of relationship where I'm able to like receive your love or a friend's love mm -hmm. or right like, um, you know, I appreciate sort of that further definition because when I first hear you say, right, like, I want a deep sense of peace. The question that comes up for me is, was was Jesus at peace? Mm. W right, because he, like, to, to walk the earth and operate in a way where you are trying to constantly undo and redo the norms and how, and like offer this, again, I use this word, this radical change. I'm not sure that I think that that would bring peace to your soul, right? I think for, for him to wake up each morning and to, to be on the mission that he was on required like a, a fight and a commitment and a like fierceness that I don't often associate with the sense of peace. Mm. Now in your depth, right in your description of peace, right? You're I think it neatly ties in with my uh, radical love of that. That sense of peace is actually this grounding and this foundational um, security that Jesus's love offers us as we go on that path and on that mission rather than where I think about peace often being like 
calm. And I, I'm not sure that I think Jesus would have been calm all the time. It, in like his like fight for change. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there, there are things that I want to say, but I also think that that's a really good point. And I actually, instead of responding, I want to, I want to chew over that, that perspective, like that observation. Cause as soon as you said that, actually the first image my mind jumped to was like Jesus in the garden before the passion where, you know, he's like, weeping and crying out and like very much not at peace um and and so i actually like i i feel challenged by by your response and and i'm just gonna sit with that Mm. yeah is there a difference between like being at peace and having peace i think that's what i like that's what i'm what I'm thinking about right now is that like peace is this peace is a thing mm-hmm. that like peace is, is something that has more powerful, more like energy and agency than we typically attribute to it. Um, but, but that's a, that's an idea in flux. Mm-hmm. So should we, should we move on? Radical to the next questions question? over here in the Tom <laughs> Collins household. Uh, do you want to move on to the to the second question? Yeah. So, um, if you're following along, uh, the second question is: When have you responded to God's call in your life, and what did that response look like? Oh man, I feel like you should go first on this one. So actually, um, so a little disclaimer to to listeners. I wrote these questions <laughs> and I very much had my teacher hat on when I was writing them like, oh, like what would be a provocative and open-ended question that, you know, everyone can, can think about. Um, but then when I actually had to like consider these questions myself, um, I was a little surprised. So like my response to this question is, at least where I am now is one of, I I don't know when I've responded to God's call in my life. Um, and I, I thought that I did. Um, so just like a little bit of backstory, I, um, went to school to be a teacher. Um, like in high school, I decided that I wanted to be a teacher thought I like had my calling figured out for, you know, the rest of my life. Um, went to school, looked, looked at colleges to, you know, see which ones had good education programs, did my education program, became a teacher. And throughout all of that, I thought that, you know, I was walking God's path that, you know, that was how I was serving others. Um, you know, in, in Texas where I first became a teacher, Um, you know, worked in an inner city school and, uh, here in Baltimore worked with students with, um, learning differences. And so like my work was a part of my mission and like, I believed that. Um, but recently, um, as I've sort of embarked on a new part of my, my life and I think a different part of God's path, I like don't know if that was, you know, God's will, God's call, or if, 
I was sort of doing what seemed what was just sort of like right in front of me not necessarily the easy thing but just like you know the the path that happened to be right in front of my feet you know how much I'm questioning I'm in the midst of questioning how much you know discerning I really did at those earlier stages in my life or if I just kind of went to the next thing without really considering if it was God's path so I'm sort of rambling now but just um you know I, I I'm sort of at this point where I'm I feel like I'm I'm actively asking myself that question and grappling with the answer mm. yeah I mean it's definitely a big question so a, a question first is do you want me to give an example of a time I think that you answered God's call like respond from my perspective on you or you want me to give my answer uh, I mean if you want to share that I think you can yeah, so you, I'll, really, so this I'll is a share, surprise <laughs> listeners I'll share that not. first I think um as we were sort of sitting down to have this conversation tonight and just thinking about my faith journey my faith journey is really begins with it, it begins in a in a good way for me with Jonathan and when I look through my journals and my prayers and the things that I first experienced going to church for the first time and and being engaged in God's word like you were the reason that I felt safe and comfortable and um and loved for the first time in that in a faith setting and like I don't think that that's an, a coincidence that that would happen without you listening to something going okay this is how I need to be present for Elizabeth to help her on this path and like I think that that's answering a call even if you didn't necessarily like hear it perfectly um and it worked out for you, right? The outcome was that I married you. So lucky you. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, babe. Really. Nice. Yeah. So in classic, as you guys will learn about me, um, my response to this question is, well, aren't we audacious in asking this question? So part of me right I could I think I could have some answers or I could give you an answer about how my work as a therapist is really showing condition unconditional love to people <laughs> not conditional unconditional <laughs> love towards people right and, and I do believe that that is my everyday trying to live out God's love and be like modeling myself in him in his image and part of me, right, like wonders why we ask this question. Why is it so important to us to have a unique and individualized answer for God's call? Like, why does Jonathan need like a specific, really clear answer for him or want that where I would want a clear and specific answer for me. I I know why we want it, but I wonder if that's actually like 
part of the part of what sometimes holds us back that the answer for all of us might actually be like model yourself in God's image. Give and De- receive God's give and receive right yeah, God's there's radical a, love. There's yeah. a theme to my thinking, <laughs> right? Give and receive radical love. Like right be be resistant to to evil and to um jealousy and to these things that can hold you back from unconditional love like demonstrate unconditional love and and do that in an act of rebellion right do that in this this way where we show up in people's lives powerful powerfully quietly however that person might need right um but is the answer actually the same for all of us? Model yourself in God's image. Demonstrate radical love. And what's unique is the phrase we've always used of like your time, talents, and resources. Right? That's what makes your call unique from mine. But I'm not sure that God necessarily like gives me the answer of my time, my talents, and my resources, right? I think that some of that is within my control and my realm and how I choose to use those to answer this really specific call that might actually Mm -hmm. be the same for everyone. So just to like, like summarize, if, if I may, like the, the response is unique. Our response is unique, but the call is the same. Mm, yeah. Like God God calls us all to the same radical love of God and of each other, but we are just able to respond in different ways. And we, we sometimes interpret that as like our unique calling or like God's unique call for us, but it's actually maybe the same call just a different response right uh and and right i didn't don't have a degree in theology is it neither of us are theologians okay this is not gonna this is not gonna pass a theology quiz necessarily this is just you know we're we're working with uh with our backgrounds and our our understanding And, and right and if i think about you know jonah right and if I think about Simon and Andrew and James and John, God saying, take my good word and spread it, right? Like he's not really being specific about exactly how that happens. He's not differentiating his tasks to Simon and to Andrew and to right. John. I mean, I think... there's, there's like biblical things that happen later on that I guess one might debate with that. <laughs> right. Um, like specifically with Simon Peter, who, you know, he seems to give a little more of a unique thing, but, but I get, I get what you're saying that it's, it's not like th- this is, there is not an individual story about like, at least in the gospel, like our, all four of these people, it's like, Hey, all of you come here. Mm-hmm. Like it's me, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think we could spend an hour talking about, like, how that makes sense, how that doesn't make sense, and what's hard about it, if it does make sense. 
in a way that challenges us to take control of the answer of how we of how we answer the call, right? I think sometimes for me, I'm like, well, like he hasn't really spoken super specifically to me, so I'm not really sure what I should do, and so I'm not really going to do anything. So I, I think for for people listening, where what what you could potentially take away if like let's say you disagree with what you're saying with what sorry, what we're saying, if you disagree with it, I still think. Um, that we can, we could probably all acknowledge that this perspective, the idea of a common call and a unique response, um, even if you don't ultimately believe it's true, I think what it could do is remind us, just draw our attention to the fact that we are all God's children and ultimately God does love all of us equally Mm -hmm. with all that God is and that thought um, regardless of how potentially theologically fraught it might be or or your personal take on it it does I think um, call us to consider our com our, our, our fellowship our, our community mm -hmm. our relationship um, our connection to, to others yeah. Our first challenge has to do with repentance. And this comes from both readings, right? Where Jonah and Jesus say, repent, the kingdom of God, etc., etc." And Pastor Jim talked last Sunday about how repentance is this word that has a lot of baggage, but it really just means realigning ourselves with God uh, and with God's radical love. And so... Our challenge to each other is to identify an area in our life that uh, we think is asking for realignment with God. So to identify an area in our life that we think is asking for realignment with God. So I'm so over the next week, I'm thinking about what's a space in which. I want to be filling up my faith cup, right? That I'm looking to add some presence, some spirit, some love to that space. Ooh, I'm excited. And we're going to think about it this week. And feel free to think about it in a, in a similar way for yourself. Um, where are you looking for realignment? Yeah. And with that, um, we hope that these words have been, this conversation has been encouraging, life-giving. Um, it has been for us. It's been a lot of fun for us. Um, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Bye. Bye.